Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 139 of See It or Shove It. I'm your host, Greg, and I'm here again this week to give you my thoughts on the latest movies playing in theaters and streaming on your TV. Also this week, we see the temporary return of Be Kind Rewind. For our featured movies this week, a popular spy novelist gets swooped into an adventure of her own, a teenage girl makes a shocking discovery about herself, a woman faces the end of her fertility, and a young boy confronts his fears. Let's get started. First up, when an author of a popular spy series gets kidnapped, she becomes her next story. This is Argyle. Whoa! Hey! There's a cat in there! Oh my god, you're Ellie freaking Conway. Author of Argyle series, Ellie Conway! I am such a fan! Oh yeah? What is it you do? Espionage. Would you sign my book? Here we go. I love this book. Bryce Dallas Howard plays author Ellie Conway, writer of the very popular Argyle book series. The film opens with a dramatization of her latest book that has Agent Argyle, played by the dashing Henry Cavill, infiltrating a club in Greece where he is trying to capture and take down Lagrange, played by pop star Dua Lipa. Soon, gunfire ensues and Argyle sees Lagrange escape from his clutches. Fortunately, his teammates, played by Oscar winner Ariana DeBose and John Cena, are able to capture her. With her story pretty much ending here, Conway is stuck in a writer's block and cannot get the inspiration to finish the novel in a satisfying way. So, she boards a train to visit her mother, played by Catherine O'Hara. She thinks the two of them can brainstorm ideas for her book. However, on the way there, she is trapped in a conversation with Aiden, played by Oscar winner Sam Rockwell. It turns out Aiden is an undercover spy who is sent to protect Conway, who is being targeted by assassins sent by director Ritter, played by Oscar-nominated actor Brian Cranston. The rest of the film follows Ellie as she and Aiden escape close call after close call. Can Ellie find out why she is the target of these assassins? When I saw the trailer for this, I went back and forth but ultimately predicted it would be a see-it. And I give this film a... Mild see-it. So, based on the reviews and reception of this movie, I appear to be pretty much alone in this feeling. But, you know, this movie is not nearly as bad as you may have heard or read about. It's not anything that's going to win awards, but for about 75% of it, I felt it was enjoyable and fun to watch. It did tend to go dangerously close to going completely off the rails toward the end and overstay its welcome. But overall, I had fun with this. Yes, the story is ridiculous, but it doesn't pretend to be anything but that, so to me I can't knock it when it knew exactly what it was trying to be. I will say many, many of the characters were severely underdeveloped, like Ariana, DeBose, and Samuel Jackson in particular. They seemed to be more of a role in the story than their screen time would have you believe. I know this is meant to be a trilogy, and considering how poorly it performed at the box office this weekend, I would be surprised if Apple continues to fund such big-budget films with low returns. But, if it is a trilogy, maybe those characters will be further developed in future installments. But again, it's not the best movie in the world, but if you go into it expecting it to be bad, it may pleasantly surprise you. Um, I went into it knowing that it could be bad, it could be good, it could be bad, it could be good. And it was really neither. It was kind of in the middle. 
It's certainly not as bad as you've been hearing, though. If you like lighthearted action movies, you may enjoy this one. Next, when a teenager is on the cusp of exploring a sexually active life, she makes a shocking discovery. This is fitting in. They saw a pad in the garbage. It's not. No, I, I cut myself shaving. Weren't you the one telling me you didn't get yours until you were like 17? I'm sure it's fine. Do you want to go see a gynecologist? Wendy appears to have MRKH syndrome. What do you mean, appears? All of this is missing. There's like some stuff I've been meaning to talk to you about. What is it? I just need some time to work on myself. Lindy is a precocious teenager played by Maddie Ziegler. Lindy is a high school athlete living with her single mom, played by Emily Hampshire. And she and her best friend Vivian, played by DeJuliette Amara, spend their days talking about the things teenage girls talk about. Shopping, makeup, and sex. Lindy is approaching the moment of her relationship with Adam that she decides she wants to take the relationship to a sexual level. She visits the gynecologist because she has yet to get her period. It is discovered that she has a rare reproductive condition where she was born without a uterus and her vaginal canal is shortened. Devastated, Lindy goes through therapy and self-loathing as she does what she can to prolong having sex with Adam before he catches on that something is wrong. Does it work? I give this film a... See it. This movie was enjoyable for the lightweight movie it is. Maddie Ziegler gives a great performance, and you can really see and feel how the news of her condition impacts her life and her emotions. Apparently, this is something that really happens to women, so it's kind of educational in a way, but it doesn't feel like an educational movie. It's a situation that happened to the film's writer-director, Molly McGlynn. It tells a deeply emotional story, but has many comedic elements to it that lighten it up and make for a good time with such heavy material. This might be a good watch when it comes to streaming if it's something you think interests you. Next, a woman faces an uncertain future when she isn't ready to be a mother. This is Scrambled. What's new with you, Nellie? I'm thinking about getting my eggs frozen. That's amazing. Maybe I should have a baby shower. <laughs> but you're not having a baby. What if I screw this up? I don't even know if I want kids. I've seen Euphoria. You're not going to screw this up. Woo! You're buying time. Someone who's good enough for you is hard to come by. Writer-director star Leah McKendrick stars as Nellie, a 34-year-old woman who is enjoying her life and not really wanting to settle down after a recent breakup with what she deems was the perfect guy because he wanted to have children and she wasn't yet ready. She is perfectly content selling homemade jewelry on Etsy and sleeping with a variety of men. However, after spending nearly every weekend either as a bridesmaid for a friend or attending a baby shower, Nellie starts feeling the pressure to think about settling down. After attending the gynecologist, she discovers her window of fertility is rapidly closing, so she decides to undergo procedures to harvest and freeze her eggs until she is ready. With pressure mounting from her family and friends as well as Mother Nature, can Nellie finally decide to face the challenges of adulthood? I give this film a... See it. That makes two gynecological films in a row for me, and frankly, as a gay man, I've had enough. 
fortunately, they were both good films. McKendrick does a good job directing this and keeping the story flowing and not getting too weighed down with its subject matter. She may not be the best actress in the world, but I did see enough potential that romantic comedies could be a lane that she could go into in the future. Toward the end, some of the characters did a complete 180 from where they were at the beginning of the movie, and that was a little bit jarring because I'm not sure if it was earned through the story. But it tidied everything up nicely for the end, even if it was a bit rushed. But overall, it's a charming story, and it had capable performances and good directing behind it. So again, if this is something that sounds like it would interest you, then I would go see it. Finally, a young boy learns to confront his fears. This is Orion and the Dark. Orion, I'm going to get you to overcome your fears if it kills me. My job is the most fundamental. I show up every night and I bring it. Bring what? Dark. And it's probably the most important job, too, because without darkness, the others don't get to do their bit. Wait, there's more? There's sleep. Don't worry, she's a professional. There's sweet dreams. Quiet. Unexplained noises. And of course, insomnia. Well, I'm pretty sure I'm getting fired. Huh? This is so messed up! Written by Oscar winner Charlie Kaufman, this film features Jacob Tremblay, who voices the character of Orion, a young boy who lives his life in fear. Fear of other kids at school, fear of embarrassing situations, fear of natural disasters and accidents. This kid is a nervous wreck. What he's most afraid of, though, is the dark. One night, he actually meets this mysterious figure known as the dark, voiced by recent Emmy winner Paul Walter Hauser. Dark faces insecurities of his own as he is something people fear while everyone loves the light, voiced by Ike Barinholtz. In an effort to convince Orion that he's not so bad after all, he takes him on a journey overnight to show him how night and darkness work while he is sleeping. The two encounter a plethora of characters such as sleep, insomnia, unexplained noises, and sweet dreams, each featuring voices of talented actors including Oscar nominee Angela Bassett. Can Dark convince Orion that he's not as scary as he seems? I give this film a... See it! I found this movie to be so charming and so nice and what a good message for kids in that it helps explain what it takes to overcome your fears and how sometimes your fears are irrational when, in reality, they're nothing to fear at all. I'm not generally a huge fan of Paul Walter Hauser, but I thought his voice performance here was fantastic. It was filled with emotion and you could tell he took the role very seriously in that he wasn't just phoning it in for the paycheck. Think of all the great performances over time, like Ellen and Finding Nemo and Robin Williams and Aladdin, and how they really got into their roles and their characters and had career-defining performances. Hauser does the same here with The Dark. It also helped that the screenplay was written by Charlie Kaufman, who was known for his quirky scripts such as Being John Malkovich, Adaptation, and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, for which he won an Academy Award. So, having that eccentric screenwriter writing a screenplay aimed at children was a genius move. He's somebody who can clearly get into the mind of a child, and he did a very good job with it. I really enjoyed this one. That's it for this week's featured films. To recap, Argyle is in theaters now and is a mild see-it. Fitting In is in select theaters now and is a see-it. Scrambled is in theaters now and is a see-it. 
And Orion and the Dark is streaming on Netflix now and is a see it, and it's my pick of the week. Now on to my brief take of some additional movies I've watched this week in my segment called Quick Picks. A duo of dystopian films recently hit Netflix. The Kitchen is a film co-directed by Oscar winner Daniel Kaluuya and Kibwe Tavares, and it centers on a dystopian London where all housing has been eliminated except for one area known as The Kitchen, where the residents are refusing to leave their homes, including a man named Izzy, played by Kane Robinson, who takes in a young boy named Benji, played by Jedediah Bannerman. The second half works much better than the very slow first half, but still not enough for me to recommend it. I do, however, give it a mild shove-it. Badland Hunters is set in Seoul, South Korea, following a devastating earthquake that leaves the city in shambles, including the social structures of law and order. This one tried to balance between action and comedy with very mixed results. I didn't enjoy this one very much either and give it a shove-it. However, I think my bias against dystopian films may be at play here, if I'm being honest. So if you tend to like those types of movies, you may enjoy both Badland Hunters and The Kitchen. Streaming on Paramount+, Plus, The Tiger's Apprentice tells the story of a young boy named Tom, living with his grandmother in San Francisco, who meets a talking tiger who introduces him to the fact that Tom is actually a descendant of a family who is tasked with protecting an ancient phoenix from evil spirits. Despite a cast of voices, including Oscar winner Michelle Yeoh, Henry Golding, Sandra Oh, Bowen Yang, and Greta Lee, this film just does not work. The storyline is not very developed, the animation is second-rate, and the film is ultimately cliched and boring. This one is a shove-it. And finally, playing in select theaters, the great Mads Mikkelsen stars in The Promised Land, a Danish film about the determination of Captain Ludwig von Kallen, a poor war hero who dreams of taming and regenerating uninhabitable land. But he must get past the vicious Frederick de Schninkel in order to grow his new community. It is a compelling story that had a good balance of drama and action, and it was a nice story to have learned about because I had no idea about any of this that happened in history. I give this a see it. Now let's move on to the segment where I let you know the latest titles now available for home viewing. It's time for Now Streaming. The terrible family film Camp Hideout about a delinquent who gets sent to a camp and is pursued by criminals is an unfunny, predictable, low-budget family film. I don't even know if kids would like it. It's coming to Hulu tomorrow, February 6th. To hear my full review, listen to episode 108. The underwhelming The Marvels tried to combine three worlds of the Marvel Universe with mixed results. While some parts worked well, many others did not. It comes to Disney Plus on Wednesday, February 7th, and to hear my full review, listen to episode 118. And the biblical retelling of the birth of Jesus with a modern music twist is an attempt to appeal to a younger generation, as well as people who enjoy faith-based movies. I don't fit into either of these demographics. But if you do, it is coming to Netflix on Thursday, February 8th. To hear my full review, that one is also on episode 118. Now it's time for my segment where I look at films from the past. This is Be Kind, Rewind. So there weren't any events this week that would 
give me reason to have an edition of Oscar Outlook because the race hasn't really changed from last week. So I decided to bring back Be Kind Rewind for a limited time. Each week leading up to the Oscars, I will showcase one of my favorite winners in each of the acting categories and Best Picture. You voted for your favorites on my Instagram poll, and the winner from each of the polls will get to be the segment. First up, we have Best Supporting Actor. Your choices were Joel Gray and Cabaret, Cuba Gooding Jr. and Jerry Maguire, Show Me the Money, and Daniel Kaluuya in Judas and the Black Messiah. You voted, and it was actually a tie between Joel Gray and Daniel Kaluuya, and I broke the tie and voted for Daniel Kaluuya in Judas and the Black Messiah. You're looking at 18 months for the stolen car, five years for impersonating a federal officer, forming a rainbow coalition of oppressed brothers and sisters of every color. Their aim is to sow hatred and inspire terror. I will learn all that I can. I These ain't no terrorists. Directed by Shaka King, Judas and the Black Messiah tells the story of FBI informant William O'Neill, played by Oscar nominee Lakeith Stanfield. O'Neill has had a history of being on the wrong side of the law, including spending time as a car thief. In order to get out of trouble, he cuts a deal with the FBI who tells him his charges will be dropped if he infiltrates the Illinois Black Panther Party and acts as an informant. So he agrees and acts as the eyes and ears of the FBI as they track the movements of Black Panther leader Fred Hampton, played by Daniel Kaluuya in his Oscar-winning performance. Hampton has been labeled a threat by FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover, played by Martin Sheen. Hampton forms an alliance with the Rainbow Coalition, and the movement begins to grow, causing O'Neill to face a battle with time to stop the movement from growing any faster before the FBI can zero in on their target. It causes a crisis of conscience with O'Neill, who finds himself conflicted between his allegiance with the FBI and his growing admiration of Hampton. The film was originally scheduled to be released on August 21st, 2020, but was shelved for several months due to theaters being shut down due to the COVID pandemic. It was eventually released on February 12th, 2021, and received near-universal critical acclaim. Leading up to the Oscars, it was a sure thing that Kaluuya would be nominated for his role in the supporting actor category. Supporting actress Dominique Fishback had also received early buzz for her performance as Hampton's girlfriend, Deborah Johnson, but unfortunately she was overlooked. Stanfield was buzzed about for lead actor, but seemed to be a long shot considering the tight race in the category that year. And then a funny thing happened on the morning of Oscar nominations. Both Kaluuya and Stanfield were nominated for Best Supporting Actor, leaving many to wonder, who is the lead actor of this film? Apparently, Academy members had a difficult time answering this question, with some thinking it was Kaluuya and others thinking it was Stanfield. Voters can decide which category they want to vote someone into, and both apparently had enough support to make it into the supporting actor category. It was the first time two black actors from the same film were nominated for this award. It was also the first picture with an all-black producing team to be nominated for Best Picture. In addition to these three nominations, it was also nominated for Best Screenplay, Best Cinematography, and Best Song for the song Fight For You, which won the award that year. The film received the approval of Hampton's estate and went on to earn nearly $7 million at the box office, which doesn't seem like much, but during that time was admirable considering how little films were making. 
Judas and the Black Messiah is available to stream on Max and Hulu. Next week's Be Kind Rewind topic will look at the winner of my Instagram poll for Best Supporting Actress. That's it for this episode of See It or Shove It. Thank you so much for listening this week. I am so grateful. Support your local theaters by going to see some of the movies I reviewed this month. And while you're at it, share my podcast with your movie and TV loving friends and family. Don't forget, you can drop me a line at seedorshoveit at gmail.com and follow me on Instagram and letterboxd at seedorshoveit and follow and rate me wherever you get your podcast. Come back next week to hear reviews of Lisa Frankenstein and Out of Darkness. Until then, take care everyone and have a great week. This episode of Seed or Shove It was recorded and produced in Orlando, Florida. Music by Mysterio Music. All rights reserved.